Hello, and welcome to the BCBO podcast. It is Wednesday, February 23rd, and I am your host, Dan Merch, back as we grind through the week, grind in a good way, as I always say. I love the grind. I love getting the work done that we get done every day. It has been a very good week so far. I feel really effective, gotten a lot of stuff done, had some great conversations with some of our existing clients and some potential clients, and it's just been very rewarding so far, and I'm really looking forward to all the work that I have ahead of me today and for the rest of this week. Hope everybody's feeling the same way, and as we go through the week, you're keeping your eye on your schedule and your priorities and everything along those lines. So a couple of, a couple of topics I wanted to go over today that are helping me out quite a bit. One is an exercise that I took that just kind of made me change my thought process on some things. And another one was an app I wanted to share with you. So in the newest book that I've been reading called My Miracle Morning, it's all about kind of the process that you can put into place to help you reach your potential. It's by a gentleman named um, Hal Elrod. Very famous book. If you looked it up, it's been very popular for quite a long time. And thankfully, a lot of the stuff that he talks about in the book I already do, you know, I wasn't calling it my miracle morning, but I already do a lot of those things, you know, exercising, visualization, showing gratitude, things along those lines. But one of the things that he brought up was journaling and over and over again, in a lot of these books that I read, it was in the seven habits, of highly effective people. It's been in a lot of podcasts I listen to some of the most successful people in this country, in this world, especially in the business world where I read a lot of my stuff, journal. They write things out. They write out their thoughts. They write out their gratitudes. They write out their goals, things along those lines. Journaling is one of those things that have always been tough for me. I have no problem, you know, verbalizing my gratitude, talking it out to the universe and things like that. But when it actually comes to sitting down and writing those things out, it wasn't always one of my strong suits. I just had a really hard time with it. So in the book, they recommended an app called the Five Minute Journal. And I've tried it. And to be honest with you, I've been using it for about a week and it works for me. So it's free. They do have a premium service that you can pay for, you know, pay an annual rate for. I haven't done that yet. I'm just using the basic free one. And that's what I would recommend to anybody else, just trying it out. And they set it up in such a way that it is pretty simple. You kind of just walk through the process that they lay out in the morning listing some things you're grateful for, listing some goals that you're setting for yourself for the day and writing yourself a little affirmation for the day. And that's it. And then at the, in the evening, you go back, you list the things that went really well today. Again, listen out your gratitude. You name an area where you can improve. If you had like a magic wand, you could just change the way it worked out. And there you go. That's your day. And you can set it up so it reminds you to do it in the morning, reminds you to do it in the evening. And like I said, I've only been doing it for a week, but it really does only take five minutes or less. And it does help. So I don't know for anybody that's out there and has just not felt comfortable doing it like I have. It's just not something they're just feel good about. Give it a shot. It's free. And it literally will take up anywhere between five to eight minutes of your day between the morning and the evening if you do both sides of it. And what's the worst that could happen? You know, you're just I'm sure you got five minutes in your day. See if it makes a difference. I like I said, I've been doing it for a week and I feel pretty good about it. So I just wanted to share that with you. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is what's called critical thinking. And I've did some reading over on it over the weekend. And again, earlier this week, as you guys know, I like to do my deep dives into things and came across a quiz, for lack of a better word, on critical thinking and whether or not when you're looking at questions, looking at scenarios, are you really breaking them down and getting as far into it as you can? 
or are you just making assumptions and only going with the first initial overview that you do of something and really getting into it? So I thought I'd share some of the questions and the answers because I did find it quite so interesting. So how I'll do it in case anybody wants to do this, you know, exercise with me is I'll read a couple of the questions. And then if you guys want to pause it, think about it, answer it, come back, then I'll go over the answers. So the first one says, a mother reads a scientific study that 17-year-old boys in the U.S. have fewer automobile accidents per 1,000 trips than 16-year-old boys. This prompts her to wait a year before letting her 16-year-old son drive to make him safer. Is her reasoning correct? Okay, that's question number one. Uh, next one. You play a game of tennis against a slightly better opponent and decide to put some money on the match. You are both equally fit in terms of stamina and physical endurance. Are your chances of winning the match the same whether you play just one set or the best out of three? Okay. Next, several studies about the benefit of bicycle helmets have shown that fewer severe head injuries occur for most kinds of falls or spills if you're wearing a helmet. Does it follow, therefore, that making helmet use mandatory will further reduce head injuries in cycling? And the last question that we're going to go over, during the early part of World War II, many English bombers were being shot down by the Germans. To reduce their high casualty rate, the Royal Air Force decided to reinforce bombers with armor. But where? Since metal was scarce, they had to be smart about which surface areas to strengthen. The, their statistical analysis of the bullet holes in the planes that returned revealed a very uneven pattern of location where the planes had been hit. Should the RAF reinforce its bombers where the bullet holes were most numerous, evenly throughout the plane, or elsewhere? Okay, so those are our questions. Now let's go back and go through some of the answers. So the first question was about the letting, not letting a drive, um, mother not letting her son drive until he's 17 because more accidents with 16 year olds. So the obvious answer might be, yeah, you know, um, that's probably a good idea. There's more accidents among 16 year olds and 17 year olds. So just make them wait till he's 17. But here's the answer to the quiz. We don't know if the driving improvement is due to 17 year olds being more mature or due to them having an extra year of driver driving experience under their belts. If it's the latter, waiting a year won't help. Probably both effects op, both effects operate, so waiting may be wise, okay? So the lesson there is to always consider multiple hypotheses when explaining a fact, okay? Got to dig a little bit deeper into it. All right, the next one had to do with tennis. If you're playing somebody that's a little bit better than you, should you try to go for playing just one set or best of three? And the answer is the longer you play, the more the final result will conform to the law of averages. Since this favors a better tennis player, your chances decline if you play three sets. If you were to play Roger Federer, for example, your best chance to beat him is just to play one point and just hope he misses, just hope he makes a mistake. And even that you're probably not going to do, but the longer you play, the better chance of him just wiping the court with you. All right, so that's that. The lesson they say from that is lay your bets according to underlying statistics. Consider base rates. The race may not, the race may not always go to the strongest or fastest, but that is nonetheless the way to bet. All right. Next, we talked about um, about the benefits of wearing bicycle helmets that if, you know, it prevents injury. So it should be man made mandatory. Now, they had a long explanation on this one. So they showed that over the past decades, helmet use increased, but did not decline in injuries as much as they thought. Now, it could be from a couple different reasons, you know, include bikes, uh, improved bicycles. And now they go faster. Wearing a helmet could create a false sense of security and make people take more risks as they're riding. 
there's more traffic and everything on the road. There's more cars on the road. There's more people riding bicycles on the road. And that increases the opportunity for there to be more accidents. So what most experts did is they blamed the false sense of security that helmets give bikers and the people driving in cars, right? And you say, oh, guys, got a helmet. So behavioral changes, they outweighed the benefit of the safety that they put into place. And this has been true along the lines with things with seatbelts, insurance, dye device, anti-smoking remedies, et cetera. So the idea, the lesson behind this is look for unintended consequences that may undermine your initial goal. Now, the last one is uh, about the World War II bombers. This was something I actually read someplace else, which actually led me into taking this quiz about where to put the extra protection because of bullet holes. So the initial thinking that was to reinforce the area where there was most bullet holes. Okay. But when an RAF statistician, statistician, excuse me, Abraham Wald examined the bombers for damaging patterns, he came to a different conclusion. He reasoned that the surviving planes, planes had not been damaged fatally by the random bullets and thus suggested reinforcing planes, reinforcing in places showing the fewest bullet holes. Those were the most vulnerable areas, he argued, since few bombers apparently survived those bullet shots. The RAF followed his counterintuitive advice and improved the survival rate of its bombers and crews. Lesson being there, ask what the data you're seeing is where it's coming from and why. There could be a selection bias, in this case known as survivorship bias. So the story behind that one is pretty cool. So they had a, pictures of all these planes with all the bullet holes and they were all up and down the wings and the base of the plane. And so, you know, most people looking at it is like, well, that's where we're getting shot at a lot. We need to reinforce there. But this gentleman was like, well, no, the planes that we're not getting back, these are the planes that are surviving. These are the planes that are making it back to us. They're getting shot there and they're actually surviving. The planes that aren't making it back, they're being shot someplace else. And that's why they're not making back to us. So that's where we need to reinforce it. Obviously, areas like the cockpit and things like that, you know, planes taking a lot of you know, rounds right at the cockpit, killing pilots and the planes are going down. So that kind of thought and being able to step outside the box and look at it a different way ended up saving a lot of lives down the road. So I just thought this was a really interesting quiz. It's always kind of cool to take these and see, you know, how you initially react to it. And then when you read the answer, sometimes you get it right. And like the tennis one, for example, you know, I didn't get it word for word, but I got the right idea. I knew that the more you play, the, the better your chances of being beaten by somebody technically better than you are. And other ones, you have to think a little bit more. And sometimes you learn something new out of it. So I hope you guys feel the same way, too. The idea being always be willing to open your mind always be looking for new answers, always be learning, right? Okay, so that's all I have for you guys today. Let's go out and let's go have ourselves a wonderful Wednesday. Let's go out and let's go pay the rent on our success because you know what? It's due. Let's keep asking ourselves that question. How would the person I want to be handle the thing I'm about to do? Keep putting ourselves in that forward thinking mindset and keep pulling ourselves closer towards our goals. It's going to happen all day. It's happened all week. It's going to happen tomorrow and Friday also. There can be all sorts of stuff that pop up all sorts of things in box number one, fires for us to put out, all that kind of good stuff. You know what we're going to do? We're going to figure it out and it's all going to be okay. And at the end of the day, make sure you're seeking out and celebrating your successes and patting yourself on the back because you deserve it. Maybe use that new app I was just telling you about at the beginning of the podcast. Go check out the website, bcbousa.com. That's where you can get all the good, good. And that's all I got for you people. Let's go out and let's have ourselves a wonderful day. Let's go put some good out into the world and we will get good back. Start from a nice, high, positive place. Don't let the negativity overwhelm you. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to the people around you and go have yourselves a wonderful day. Thank you all for listening and I'll be back soon. Bye.